There are certain ways we have been doing things all our life, and there are alternative perspectives. At Spill the Tea, we spill those alternatives. Welcome to Spill the Tea podcast. Every bi-weekly, we talk with our awesome guests from around the world on ideas that challenge existing paradigms and get inspired by their unconventional journeys. Before we begin, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform so you get notified for every new episode. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star rating and share it. Don't forget to follow our Instagram for more content and discussion with our community. And we are also uploading our talks here on YouTube. Now sit back and be inspired. Hello and welcome to Spill the Teapots. How are you all doing? This is your host, BB, along with my co-host, Keisha. How are you, Keisha? Good, good. How are you doing, BB? Long time no see and chat. Yes, long time no <laughs> see because indeed we were waiting for uh, yet another inspiring story, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. So who do we have today, BB? Very special guest. And we have the founders of of Cloth Malaysia with us, uh, Susie and Sarah, and we are very honored that they have joined us. Both of them are very inspiring ladies and they have a great inspiration to transform this uh, textile and plastic uh, circular economy. So welcome, welcome to our show. And without further ado, why don't you both uh, introduce yourselves? So Susie, can we start with you? Hello. Hi, Bibi. Hi, Kisha. First of all, thank you very much for having me and Sarah at Spill the Teapot. And I love your tagline, challenging the conventional. Uh, We are all great. I mean, like, we are very excited to share our journey with you, how we started, Closet Clarity and... Let's talk about it. Let's discuss. Yeah, and before we proceed, Sarah, why don't you do give us a brief introduction about yourself? Hi, I'm Sarah, co-founder from Suzy. We are best friends since college since oh. 1997. So we, we started cloth with a passion that we want to change the mind, the mindset of the Malaysians. Yeah, so let's roll uh, with... Thank you for having us. Yes, and and indeed, we are very much uh, honored to have both the friends, the best friends, uh, since a long time right now. So uh, over to you, Keisha. Keisha is uh, my best friend, and but not not so uh, long, but since 20... uh, 20, 19? 19, yeah. (laughs) All right, Keisha. That's only because we are older. We are, you know, we go to school. (laughs) The joke is that in the 1900s, you know? (laughs) Gosh, I mean, it must be so fun to have a business, no, not a business, an organization that make contribute a lot of difference with your best friend. So I'm really excited to, how do I say, interview, chat with you guys. So thank you so much, Bibi, Susie, and Sarah for the introduction. So before we deep dive and uh, know a little bit more about Cloth Cares, I want to understand the foundation um, of this organization as well. So maybe we can start to you. What is a Cloth Circularity? Well, in short, circularity, cloth circularity is an umbrella, umbrella brand for many little brands that we created in our pursuit to become the catalyst for the plastic and fabric circular economy. So it's like, you know, we created like small brands. Okay, I'll give you an example. Cloth cares, cloth cares fabric recycling. And then the tagline is keep fabric out of landfills and also keep plastics out of landfills and the oceans. So that the one is like caring about our environment, right? And we also created the uh, cloth textile and cloth wear, whereby, you know, we source fabrics and we market, we educate people made from recycled plastic bottles. So there's another brand, right? Cloth textile, cloth wear. We also gave birth to another brand, Cloth Woman Up, which is in our tagline is rising with she economy. 
well, the purpose is to improve the livelihoods of women from the marginalized and struggling communities through creative sewing. And then, of course, like, you know, we have another little brand called Trash It by Clothcast, which is, is it's actually a fabric and plastic recycling bins and machine that we created with some disruptive technology. Yeah, so, you know, you see, like, we have a lot of brands, but in a nutshell, like, Clothes Clarity is the umbrella for all. Got it. So Thank I you just so much. let me add in, like, it's basically, we started from education and awareness, collecting plastic and fabric, and turn into new material. If you realize that, you know, uh, for cloth wear and cloth textile, would be plastic bottles, we collected and turn it into recycled plastic bottle material, right? And mm -hmm. the same with cloth woman up. So the donated fabric, what we can do, portion of it, you can still upcycle into corporate merchandise. Yeah, oh, that's right. Wow. Insurance like agency, a solutions provider. So we call it close circularity because you know what? Circularity is the main topic. So yeah, so that's mm -hmm. about it. Like increase recycling rate and also to get people to live sustainably and buy products and dispose stuff sustainably as well. Oh, that's so great that you have so many sub-brands uh, under that one umbrella, which is really interesting. And you also include, you know, marginalized communities. And you just now you mentioned that you outsource your consulting as well. It's great to hear that a lot of communities and stakeholders are involved in this as well. I wanted to, to know more about the idea of cloth cares as well. So actually more than 2 million kilograms of textile waste products end up in Malaysia. And how was this handled before Cloth Cares exists? And, and how and when did you get the idea of starting this initiative? But truth is that, right? In 2000, okay, we incorporated Cloth Malaysia Sendian Brahat, or English, we call it a private limited company in 2013. And that was when Sarah and I, you know, we went to an event, um, the World Marketing Summit in Putrajaya. And we met a keynote speaker, one of the keynote speakers, her name is Monique Maizan. So basically, she's a Dutch lady based in Shanghai and she sells um, textiles made for recycled plastic bottles. And when we heard oh. that, it's like, what? You're selling textile made for recycled plastic bottles? To me, you know, personally back then in 2010, that was alien. It's like, wow. So Sarah whispered to me, she was with me as well. She said, you know what? Let's, 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 let's meet her tomorrow, something. Let's discuss about it. Why don't we get her technology, her, her fabrics to Malaysia? And the next day we did that. And then after that, we are the distributor partner in Malaysia. So we talked to our government to promote this as part of awareness. And uh, well, the truth is that, right? The great news is, you know what? We are the first company in social enterprise in Malaysia to partner with the government through equity, right? The, um, the, the, Ministry, of Housing, uh, the, the Ministry of Energy, Green Technology and Water through Green Tech Malaysia Alliances. So they bought over 30 percent blah, 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 to, to, to promote, sell fabrics made for recycled plastic bottle. But unfortunately... We didn't really check about the market in Malaysia, whereby, you know what, like people are like not really aware about plastic bottles. They don't really care about buying products made for recycled plastic bottles. So we're like, okay, fine. So we almost gave up, you know, in 2016. Oh. Okay? okay. And then miracle happens. So one of our freelancers, he told us that, you know what, Gas Jeans, you know, the US brand Gas Jeans, they want to run a fabric recycling campaign. We're like, huh? We don't do recycling, recycling. <laughs> we sell uh, textiles made for recycled plastic bottles. We don't know anything about it. Mm. However, I, I mentioned just now that at that time, we we're like, you know what, let's just try everything. So we did research about fabric recycling in Malaysia, Google. And then after that, you know, one person does the presentation, one person talks to recyclers. So Sarah got a number from another recycler to call Dale Warren, which is the CEO of Love Line Clothing. 
And then we found that, that ISO, uh, back then they were not ISO yet, um, but you know, a proper fabric recycling in Malaysia. And then we launched a campaign in 2016 together with Gas Jeans and it's called Denim for Denim. And then after that, we don't really do anything about it, right? It's as good as, okay, recycling, whatever, not. There was no business model, nothing. There was no even cloth cast brand until the second person came to us was Miss Rachel. She, 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 she used to work for Loctec Starhill. So Starhill Gallery Loctec YTL, right? So it's for the Earth Hour. And then she's like, you know what? This year, Loctec, um, YTL group, what they want to do is that, you know, to change the theme, I mean, to adopt the fabric, being a promote recycling. We're like, okay, so we installed a bin in lot 10 oh. and that was in 2017 and then at that time that was when name cloth cast happened because in our company cloth malaysia it doesn't make sense that cloth malaysia on the bin right so okay cloth someone needs to care about recycling and then we didn't do anything about it and then until we we're like oh my god come to a point in our life that do we give up cloth or do we like do something about it so in the meantime, you know, like we were researching about the business model for this fabric recycling, right? The movement is it can't be just one off and then take photo and then promote. So we came up with a business model and Sarah whispered that, you know what? Let's give it a last shot. Cloth cares. We pledge. So we calculate things like we pledge 188. Sarah said that in conjunction with 188 2018 to collect 188,000 kilograms in 18 months with the business model that we founded, right? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? We achieved 188,000 kilograms in 10 months. 11 months. 11 months, sorry. Yeah, 11 months. That was like, so with the right business model, with the right approach strategy, you can do it. And then we generated money, right? So that's how it happened. I, I don't have a short story to this. <laughs> it's really accidental. I don't, I don't think uh, there can be a short story to the incredible work which... Uh, both of you did so uh, we are so it's an accidental garbage collector <laughs> and and these kind of accidents are which which gives back to the economy which gives back to our planet earth is something which uh, which should happen more and more you know kisha was asking what happened back then to all mm. our textiles everything goes into the landfill yeah oh my god yeah, because back then even lifeline clothing malaysia has not really started collecting collecting textile waste from Malaysia because they are importers from Australian fabric waste. So they process and sort in Malaysia and export to developing nations. So back then you would say like, yeah, every day, two million, two million <gasps> kilograms of textile waste going to the landfills. I mean, oh my God, two million? Or even 100,000? The production of clothing is 100 billion a year, right? Every year, 100 billion, right? So, of course, I mean, the recycling rate stands for about 73% global, yeah? Globally, only 70% is either incinerated or sent to landfills. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's astonishing. And what can yeah, I and say? Then uh, it continues that, you know, do you know that textile waste is the same as a plastic waste? It, yeah, when it goes into the landfills, right. it takes 20 to 200 years to decompose, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, and then it costs them, you know, meeting gases, the leachate and all yeah. that. So, I mean, yeah, that's why they say like textile industry is the second biggest polluter uh, industry in the world and uh, contribute to um, contribute to 10% of our global 
Cabernet Michel. Mm. And, yeah. uh, you know, that I, w- I was thinking about it when Susie and Sarah, you you explained this astonishing figures uh, along with how, how you both are contributing and your organization, your business is contributing. Now, there's a very interesting thing on your website and uh, many of us know about it, but knowing is just not important, but practicing is also something very important. So I'm talking about the emphasis on five R's uh, on your website, which, which starts with rethinking. Okay, can any one of you explain what these R's are and and what it means for us as individuals and companies? Well, in the perspective of fabric recycling, rethinking meaning to reset your mind and a new mindset altogether. So in the space of fabric recycling, so before you procure something, ask yourself, do you need it, right? Is it for short-term, long-term use? Is it for one-time use? Is it a wedding dress? Do you need to buy a wedding dress? should you rent a wedding dress, right? So you got to rethink your habit again. I mean, because we know the problem statement is that 100 billion pieces of garments are produced annually, about 73% are incinerated or landfilled. So, and then, you know what? Like more than 200 years for polyesters to decompose or biodegrade. So as a result, during the biodegradation, what happens is that methane gases will be released. So these are all rethinking. You need to be aware and then make your conscious choices so and then uh, apart from that I mean it's about last time it's like you reuse so example so you have a, you have a traditional costume usually people wear it once but be sari or baju kurung or whatever that is right that, that's habitual habit costumes this one right traditional so why can't you reuse that right so why not right just don't do it for one time okay and then example another one is reduce I mean do you realize that a lot of people have a lot of the same clothes, like polo t-shirt, then black in color. And then after that, like your v-neck or round neck t-shirt, 20, it's the same. I mean, do you need 20? The truth is that you will just use three, right? And the rest of it is like you live in your wardrobe. So you got to reduce buying, right? And then repurpose. I mean, like I do this personally, okay? So my dresses, when I was younger, now it becomes a dress. And then after that, at the end of its useful life, or, you know, like it looks odd because out season or something, then I recycle. And last but not least, you recycle. You know, you can hand it down or just find any any recycling bins. And we're just one of them. Cloth is just one of the recycling bins. So that's what it means into the five pillars. It's about mindset and rethinking and making it better than before. Yeah, your how you manage your clothing and disposing them. I think it's a, it's a great point. And uh, this rethinking or reimagining, I would say rethinking, okay, how we buy things and especially when it comes to clothing because that's that's the first appearance, you know. And that's how uh, our society judges. And I mean, we, we need not speak of examples. We all know about it. I know that we are talking about rethinking. However, as a society as a whole, how do we change that mindset? Or or have you ever encountered of, you know, not attaching status quo to uh, the clothing of a person? Hmm. I know it's Sarah, a tough, tough I, <laughs> question. <I'll tell> you <laughs> um, rethinking, how people can relate to yeah. the five R's, is it? Uh, I, 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 I mean, or rethinking. I mean, rethinking how not to attach a status quo to how you are dressing does it does it mean that we have to rethink that we have to stop judging uh, or judge people based on you know oh that person is wearing the same dress since last party i think that's that's what we need to do right rethink rethink or stop judging others well for rethinking i think 
I mean, we, okay, as a cloth case, right? So yeah. we are the advocacy, so providing facility for recycling. Yeah. So it, it kind of changing mindset. Like people start to rethink like, oh, my closet is full. Why, where do I send to? Like previously they thought like I can pass down to, you know, or, you know, donate. So they thought there's a orphanage home so they can send to somewhere, right? Or yeah. flood victims community. But I mean, having the providing this facility, they start rethinking. Ah, oh, okay. So I can filter out the one that really, really good use that can be reused or rewear. So they pass down to you know, yeah. like beneficiary. We call it beneficiary. Right. So that the one that they're no longer use, like you can put it in our bin, then we can sort out. Like, but according to you, that is not longer wearable. But to a certain community, yeah. they they are in dire need. Like you know, like your your use old sport shoes can still be worn people still looking for this stuff like i mean to my surprise like even like undergarments for women bras is a high value item people can't afford to buy right. so in our world like you know your high heels is a low value because not everybody would wear the same size you know the same style but i mean like but uh, for flats you know slippers so they are high value items so those are the things that we, I mean, as we go along and we do a lot of, you know, knowledge sharing sessions and all that. So we communicate this as if we're like, oh, okay. And do you know, like our traditional costume, like baju kurung, only relevant in Malaysia. You can't send to Indonesia. Even I gave to my Indonesian mate, like last time, like she was like, no, no thanks. Like for what I'm wearing Malaysia yeah. baju kurung, man. I have my Indonesian kebaya, sexier, man. Like nicer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sexier, right? And yeah, sexier, nicer. Gosh, yeah. Like, you know, they have more fabrics and they are textile yeah. producer, right? More options. What more India, so, right? So whenever we come across, you know, like give a lot of knowledge and session, go on the ground and all that, like people will ask us questions yeah. that will trigger them all oh, rethinking that kind of thing. Yeah. I really yeah. like the word which you use. That word, I, I really want to highlight mindset. So, what you just mentioned now, Sarah, is this this mindset of being mindful of what I'm wearing and what I'm wearing can be used by some somebody else. Even for the matter, undergarments or, or uh, other uh, clothing, which has to be in, in obviously decent hygienic form, uh, definitely. This mindset, everybody should have this and slowly, steadily, that is, we are seeing this, we are actually observing this. And that's why the other older mindset of you know judging people based on what they are wearing or whether they are wearing the same clothes for the second time, it is slowly diminishing. And you are absolutely right. And that is a word which I was looking for. Uh, and I was absolutely sure that it will come from the great initiatives uh, you are doing. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, over to you, Keisha. I just want to share my experience with cloth care. So when I first knew about cloth cares, I think they only have several bins and my family and I had to travel all the way to Pochong to dispose the clothes or usually it's like bed sheets, uh, the one that we think that cannot be no donated anymore and there's this Facebook group in Malaysia where they have platform for to donate each other uh, anything like clothes toys or whatever it's called the Nothing Project which I think is really cool so I think that's how I found out about Cloth Cares as well and when they open up uh, set up a bin near my house I was like so happy because I can just walk there before I go for a run or after my dentist session so it's really easy and, it, and it's accessible which again force us not force but like automatically it changes your mindset so exactly what Sarah mentioned just now and it's not only there there's like bed sheet carpets and also change my family mindset about you know where to donate or 
what, how we can separate like the one that we don't want, the one that we will donate, the one that we will uh, put in cloth bin as well. So since now everyone is becoming aware about you know fabric landfills and the importance of reusing, recycle, rethink, I think there has been a trend in thrifting as well, right? And then this shirt, I actually got it thrifted. So, <laughs> and because of thrifting as well, I mean, Ironically, you know, brands are also are involved in fast fashion as well. And this includes a lot of major brands online, as well as, you know, normal retailers that you see at the mall. So I wanted to ask both uh, Susie and Sarah, has the trend of fast fashion impacted the amount of cloth landfills nowadays? Well, for sure. I mean, like due to the fast fashion, like I mentioned just now, at least 100 billion pieces of garments are produced. Well, that also is contributed because our global population will be reaching 8 billion soon. And also by the virtue of more people are moving into urban areas. When people are moving to the urban areas, it is anticipated by, I read recently about in 2050, like about 6 billion people will be moving to the urban areas, right? So what does it mean? empowerment, more disposable income, money, and you wear garments for different purpose, for different reasons, right? Well, you know, before you, when you're, you know, when you live in the jungle or something, right? Like you don't need, right, a suit and then after that your, what do you call that? You don't need your gym gear. You don't need many things, right? Like, you know, now it's like morning, afternoon, Halloween, Christmas, whatever not. So with all this lifestyle and changing in behavioral pattern and producing power, of course, I mean, economy, right? So there's demand, of course, producers, we produce more. To answer your question about thrifting, well, the truth is that, right? You know, after seeing many, quite a few things in life about behind the scene of textiles industry that the cost, the real cost of your garments are basically, you know, your seamstresses, the quality of your fabric per meter, your logistic cost, right? So it's like, in the end, I mean, like, in terms of pricing, I mean, to my point of view, it really depends on, you know, XX brand, you know, they spend more money on advertising, less advertising. You know, to me, it's like on the real term, it does not matter because in the end, what matters is that whatever that you buy from the thrift shop, is it produced sustainably? Is the dyeing process that you're wearing very colorful, that Tisha can see red, blue, right? So are these colors in the dyeing process, thousands of um, uh, chemicals, right? Are these water wastewater treated carefully at the production process that's what we care about right thrifting is fun is because not you know with recession upcoming anticipated recession coming next year i mean you know not everyone can afford everything right i mean the global pressure is only how many percent of people you know own everything right so you know with the stress that we have i mean buying discounted items is fine but in the end i mean where does it come from and how do you dispose and problem is that are you like the Malaysian? Do you know that Malaysians only keep about seven out of 10 Malaysians keep less than one year of their clo outfits of clothing and dispose? So the problem with thrifting here is that because it's cheap, so it's like touch and go, right? I don't have ownership about it. It's cheap. So again, what's important is to know that whether it was manufactured sustainably, that's what you're saying. Yes. And then, the, okay, so, so that's number one. Is that The problem human being is that when it's cheap, you don't love it, like, you know, it's like, okay, it's like if you buy a, a BKNY or you buy something like, you know, Gianni Versace, whatever you call it, right? Versace, right? 
You're like, oh, this is so expensive. And then the idea is that, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it for 10 years. So that makes you rethink, right? And you know, BB and I were looking at your posts, your campaigns and everything. And it's very colorful. I love it. And of course, what Sarah said that you start with, you know, ed- education and also create awareness. And then there was this one post that we came across. It mentioned about eco-anxiety. So we are living in a difficult world, right? And a world full of anxiety and adding to this, there's this term. So what does it actually mean? And what are the symptoms? And what can someone do about it? Eco-anxious, I feel them. I mean, young people, like even I feel impacted myself. Um, I mean, especially within like last year, like December, Malaysia hit by flood in, you know, central because they say the damage is far greater than the the east coast malaysia like because east coast is common like and they have monsoon season every year and they kind of like prepared you know over the kids so it's like for Mal- for the central area like shalam say people suddenly you know black out within it, it was so fast like we talked to several people uh, victims within one hour it got up to the first floor I mean, the, the ground floor is like totally full. So it, they have to, to be on the first floor. But in the next hour, it's suddenly like, you know, everything's filled up. So they are on top of the roof. And, you know, no rescue, no food, you know, blackout and things like that. So it, it keep, create fear. So, I mean, like how to overcome this, right? I mean, like everyone has their small things to do. Like don't think, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, you know, like, if you think too much and you know you're putting so much responsibility that you have to change the world, it's never gonna happen. So you, you have to do a small step. Like you guys are really good, like even though you know you have your full-time job, but you know you're passionate towards like you know educating, you know, creating awareness. These are part of creating awareness, right? And also getting involved, like this, like you, they, they have to get involved, what's going on, get the right resources and information. Don't simply like, you know, reposting and things like that, not knowing the, the substance of it. And I think how they, they need to mix around with the like-minded groups and communities. That's how you get connected. Like, oh, I'm helping something, you know? Same, everything else for any charitable um, cause, like, you know, no poverty, you know, like education and you know, marginalized community. Everyone like, you know, something that you're passionate about, you know, you have to speak up about it, get involved, don't just sit down and do nothing. I mean, to my point of view. I, I mean, I believe that fear, uh, I mean, like when you have anxiety, you have to, you have fear, right? right. So yeah. you have to face your fear. You have to overcome fear. I mean, like that's how, what we believe. I mean, like in our daily lives, like as a entrepreneur as well. So every day we, we have anxiety, you know, like we have to overcome our fear. And what we do is, you know, get, get involved. Yeah. I really like this uh, thing, what you just mentioned, that anxiety, yeah, it can happen. It can happen to anybody. It happens to us uh, every day. The, however, the thing is that what are we doing about it? That's one thing. The second thing, if we overwhelm ourselves that, okay, we need to change the world, I mean, uh, I think I think the first thing we need to talk to ourselves is how can I change myself? What is that one thing that I'll do and I'll inculcate as a habit that may be small, but maybe come up with a bigger impact and 
indeed, that's what we are talking about. Just by rethinking what I buy, and especially when it comes to clothing, because that exactly, you know, Susie, as you were mentioning that today we are living in a world and Keisha was also talking about that fa fast fashion. Uh, we have so many events around and uh, Halloween and etc. whatnot. So it's very, you know, easy to get overwhelmed, to get carried away. And then you sit back and think whenever these disasters happen, oh my God, uh, are, are we reaching the doomsday? <laughs> okay and then you then you're anxious then you're restless however what is that we are doing every day i mean i'll i'll tell you my experience huh, because we i was are just having... about to ask you can i ask like yeah, sure, sure. Please, please, please. have please. you experienced your own eco anxiety it can be many things for other people right you know for me it's like heat waves like yeah the floods yes yeah. it matters to me as well because you know flash floods i mean like traffic jam right i get very angry i'll be stuck in the traffic so right. I experienced that myself. Like, what about you guys? I will uh, like to answer uh, this because uh, you already see me anxious and restless right now. <laughs> but but uh, you know what? We are living in a society where we think, oh, I live in a high rise. So that flood might not affect me because I am not living in an uh, individual house. Unfortunate that is, but not everybody is thinking about it. I get restless whenever I see, when I, whenever I know, you know, that uh, my, my friends in Shah Alam, they were really in a very difficult condition uh, last year. And as we speak, there is huge flood in the eastern part of, uh, northeastern part of, of India. And if you see these floods and climate condition, rains, drought uh, and, and floods, these are more than what we have, uh, we had seen, you know, a few years back. The answer is, yes, I get anxious, but what do I do about it? I have changed a lot in my living style. Okay. And thanks to Spill the Teapots, uh, thanks to the incredible guests that we get like you. Now we have recorded like 30 plus episodes and both Keisha and I personally have inculcated a lot of things in our daily lives. Like for example, you know, for me, I can say I buy the milk packets okay, every day. So it, it comes in a, a recyclable packet, but I don't cut the, the tip because, you know, that small tip of that packet may go in the landfill. Though, okay, and, and not get picked up. So what I do is I cut it in a way so that, you know, the, the small bits and pieces doesn't go in the landfill. That's one example. I don't use plastic brushes. I use you know, wooden Bamboo. brushes bamboo brush, brushes i don't use toothpaste because of the tube i use uh, those those chewy things and and then i brush. so these are very simple things that we can do and that's what we are talking about you know fashion i mean forget about fashion just clothing <laughs> just by rethinking how we buy what we wear how many times we are wearing and i'm very proud to say this and share this with you i have a lot of shirts with me some of the shirts are like 10 15 years old and i i maintain those and i wear those that's about my action yeah so you could feel it right so, so yeah, you you absolutely yeah. okay kisha what about you well is it like can you relate to our social media posts about you know yeah yeah sure Ken I mean that that's that's why we reach out to you I guess uh, and like for me I think the one that made me aware about this in a serious case is I think I watched a documentary or a video I think my cousin shared and then it was like all these fishes you already you know like inside their body there's like rubbish it never occurred to me that it was that bad I mean I knew it was bad but like it was that bad obviously they cannot differentiate between like rubbish and it's not it's not only straws and plastic as well there's 
I don't know, there's even, you know, legit like sport, yeah, yeah microplastic yeah. or like even like bits of like sporting gears, which is really concerning. So I think that was like a major... Disturbing. Uh, yeah, disturbing. So I think that that happened to me as well when I was watching this documentary about like uh, what you're consuming on a daily basis and how they uh, process meat and how much it contributes to the, you know, carbon emissions as well. So I told BB that I was going to like challenge myself to not eat meat. Uh, obviously, it was difficult, but it, it was really uh, eye-opening. I mean, in a way, it kind of forced myself, okay, if I do like some small things, maybe it can change a little bit. But of course, the one that makes other people annoyed is when you try to push this lifestyle towards them so I try not to be that I just like oh hey check out this documentary or and that's how me and BB also came to know about about like the bamboo toothbrush and like you know refillable deodorants and all this stuff so yeah that's my experience basically you're lucky because you're aware and most importantly from your story that I hear that there's accessibility to bamboo toothbrush whatever not that's access to recycling bins right that's like to products that are sustainably made, right? Great. You know, I was, I was, I was thinking about it, and it's a great conversation. First of all, we are having all of us uh, are doing a incredible job. My question, which was uh, in my mind, is more about what governments can do because you know, we, at the end of the day, we blame our governments. Definitely, I mean, they they play a very important part. <laughs> Uh, governments and big businesses uh, because they are the ones who are defining what is going to happen with our uh, planet in future you know and cop 27 is coming we all are aware of it last time cop 26 was not a very uh, good experience for many okay in both of your views <laughs> okay what are your hopes uh, uh, what are your views towards this year's conference well speaking <laughs> from my heart well i guess it's good that environmental issues are put at the center stage globally because the danger is that if you don't talk about it out of sight out of mind things are not done however sometimes too much conferences too much talking too much what do you call that um conference of parties but the thing is that in after many years to my point of view is that i hope that they can showcase the results from what they have been talking about and whatever that has been legislated. We want to see the outcome because from my point of view is that after many years of being aware, one of the most important element here is the people need to admire good example from certain, certain countries, communities or cities. Example, if there is such as a sustainable cities or community, can we all showcase that at the center stage, right? Like World Economic Forum, I'm a fan of World Economic Forum, um, Instagram, World Big Big Fan, and I know one of it is like, you know, like India is making your highways and roads through plastics, for instance, right? Like, it doesn't, you know, that kind of stuff, I mean, like, it's to me, it moves me to another level than just a discourse. So that's my point of view about that. I think my hope is please showcase results right this year's theme is about people and planet like delivering to people planet something like yeah. i want to see right like the other way around delivering to us the results and it inspires as well within that's my answer true sarah do you have any addition to this 
frustration, I would say. I mean, we all are frustrated. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, we don't see. I mean, people, if you put into risk management, right? Like, you 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 assess the risk of climate change. Yeah. Like, it's not green. It's not yellow. It's red. Yeah. So, True. the action is now. It's, it's the same, like, you know, there's a fire going on. Like, you have to, you know or there's a flood, or it's like, it has to be now, not yeah. stop talking. Right. Yes. So, yeah, so like, I mean, like, it's as simple as, okay, people talk about circular economy, like, okay, we are in the circular economy part, right? When you want to talk about converting material, how about re resource recovery? What happened to that? Nobody's talking about resource recovery. You talk about the technology that you produce, that you want the excess amount, but you never focus on the resource that people, you know, the waste that people throwing out. People always stop at the end, not knowing what is the root cause, what is the first action planned. So that's, I mean, that's how I always feel. I mean, like... But by the end of the day, who collects the garbage, who actually put back into this economy has to be acknowledged. Like, like Susie said, like put on a certain stage, like India has, you know, plastic road, you know, put that as a showcase. Like everyone has, you know, has to put, to has to do plastic roads. I mean, like that's how it is. No, and, like, and There's and, no option. Yeah. yeah, totally. And and it's not just having, India is huge and very diverse. I mean, we can, we have so many stories, incredible stories here. But I, I think, I think in my opinion, we need more than just one or two sample cases. And I'm not just talking about India. I'm not just talking about Malaysia. I, I, we need more. And, and yes. definitely governments and, and businesses, brands, they have, they have a lot to do here. Just, right. not just advertise that we are sustainable but actually do it every day and yeah. that, because sarah you you rightly mentioned it's not green or blue or yellow it's red and we are talking about reversing come on i'm there's there's no reversing there's stop no. more damage <laughs> that's yes. what we we have to do right now it's like a flooding it's like non-stop like if you imagine the amount of waste that you know people producing every day yeah. into you know on is on this earth you know, it's like it's it's a red red signal, and only yeah, nine percent. Only nine percent yeah. of total plastic produced, recyclable plastic. I'm talking about that goes yep. that is actually recycled. Only nine percent, and the yep. rest goes in a landfill. Uh, clothing is act also uh, associated with that. You know that adds up to that. Kisha, any any thoughts or la uh, last question? Sure, I have two more questions. I would like to ask about this because since everyone is becoming more aware about reduce, reuse, recycle, that also affects the way marketers do their advertisement, branding, and everything. So obviously, this leads to this, shall I call it phenomenon or like their strategy called greenwashing. What is your opinion about it? How can we differentiate? Like just now, Susie mentioned, we have to make sure that it's manufactured uh, sustainably. But what is uh, your opinion on greenwashing in general? To me, it's like they are the, the producers, right? The producers are responsible to, you know, the end of its life. Um, they have to find solution. I mean, I wouldn't say it would be a complete uh, solution that they have to give because everyone has to play part. But I'm not denying as well that certain brands, they just like do it oh, so long that I do it a little bit. But to me, is little steps. Uh, because it's not easy um, to actually to implement a total 100% sustainable clothing because when you put it into 
everything is 100% sustainable, like no child labor and things like that. I think um, the consumption, I mean, the price on the market will not be as cheap as they are now. Yep. But there's a pros and cons. Um, it's very, very sensitive issues, but I'm, I'm actually, I would say like, we have to acknowledge what the brands does. I mean, their effort, like towards, like, you know, they have commitment that, you know, especially the big brands, uh, they have commitment by 2030, 2050, you know, 30% of their fresh, the, the line, the clothing line will be consists of sustainable material and whatnot. And also the policymaker, uh, for the fashion industry so probably one day there is a solution towards the ends of its life say you can do a chemical recycling to make a new same with plastic bottle right it can turn into material and it's the same with our clothing say this one like even if you put into an incinerator that can you know produce another fiber I mean those things are still emerging because there's no complete solution, a hundred percent solution to our waste right now. So it's diff very difficult to put. Like you, ha you have to, and then if you want to impose these brands to do like hundred percent circular economy, hundred percent uh, recyclable and things like that, it's it's very very difficult. So I mean, I would just say we have to acknowledge it, acknowledge every single step that they're trying to do to you know to protect our environment same time but yeah that's so so but and then you know there's pros and cons i but if you want to see it's bad it's going to be bad like yeah. it is a great great washing that's nothing much because in comparison of what they produce and what they recover or they're trying to recover or trying to protect their business but if you want to see the good thing you know you will see a good thing like you know at least that they are doing something that's my point. I, yeah, I agree. So I mean, like for me, it's like it's as simple as there's a saying, no news means bad news. If people don't talk about it at all, oh my god, like everyone is keeping mum about it. Like you, you know, you only want to talk about it once your system is perfect, right? Like, oh yeah, I can't talk about it because you know what people's gonna see is rewashing. But from my perspective, is that you know, like we need to have, you know, we need we need to address this problem from a systemic approach. But this this is the problem is that. The system, you know, the whole ecosystem is quite fragmented, right? But it takes time. So to me, it's like greenwashing or not, for now, let's talk about it. Let's do something about it. And I think when that system, also there's external parties to assess, right? Like, are you doing this the right way? Are you claiming all your claims about your net carbon zero is correct or not, right? Like, so it should, it should be audit, right? So it's like, to me, it's not only about greenwashing, but, you know, this system itself, do you have like a proper proper body for check and balance, right? Why are people getting away from greenwashing? It's because there's no check and balance. So to answer your question, my point of view, continue talking about it because if you don't talk about it, it's quiet and I'll get very worried. But, you know, along the way, let's just, you know, like fix the system. No news is bad news, and in fact, yeah, no news is bad news. Yeah, and, and everybody has to do a bit, and it, I mean, it starts with us consumers, and then businesses, and uh, also uh, the policymakers. Everybody has to do their bit. So great, yeah. I really and like you can stop people from you know buying clothes because we all need to <laughs> yeah. wear clothes, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> That's not the intent of this discussion, by the way. Uh, I mean, neither you are uh, asking to, uh, you know, stop people to buy clothes or neither we are doing that. But what we are asking is to rethink, 
to stop yes. and just ask yourself ask uh, yourself those questions because if you rethink how you buy what you buy makes a lot of difference yeah exactly and it's a new phenomenon greenwashing uh, it didn't exist probably 10 years ago so it's also kind of their marketing strategy sometimes they don't see that so yeah thank you for highlighting that final questions before that congratulations i saw that you guys expanded to singapore um your cloth bin is now also located in singapore so that's so cool yeah. i want to know what is next for cloth cares as well <laughs> you know what quite honestly is that if you look you know the Let's talk about the Malaysian textile waste generation, right? So it's like, oh my God, there's a lot. In, in totality, it's about 400 over 3.5%, yeah. Yeah, 3.5% generated wow. is like, you know, uh, 400 over tons a year. And, and cloth is only collecting like what? This year, okay, in aggregate, since we started, we collected about 3.6 million kilograms. That's equivalent of more than about 21 million t-shirts in conversion. However... Yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot, 3.6 million kilograms, but the actual, the reality is that it's nothing. So to answer your question, what's next is to keep collecting and put the fabric recycling bins at publicly accessible places. Hopefully, you know, like we meet people like you, like, oh, that's right, fabric recycling bins. <laughs> yeah. So we keep um, doing that. Plan, I mean, yeah. To, to have a big bins and to collect 4 million next year. This year, we're only collecting about 1.5 million so far from January. So hopefully uh, next year is about 4 million. To expand Singapore, I mean, we need more people quite honestly for that. Next year, okay, we just pledged, right? So we launched Jome Crush Plastic uh, program with the school, one school in Malaysia, and we pledged to collect 1 million loose plastic bottles in a span of one year. Mm. Anything else around your side? We are actually expanding from the southern region because our... Our coverage now is from Klang Valley towards Johor, then Singapore, right? right? And next year, we'll be focusing on the northern region, Ooh. Pera, Kedas, Penang, and Perlis. So, we, I mean, we are try strategizing, like, the, I mean, by the end of, you know, in the next two, three years, probably we have covered the whole nationwide for collection. So, because, I mean, like, this is, you know, as part of, you know, having more impactful collection as what we are doing now. Like, even though that you think that's 3.6 million kilograms, what we have done so far, it's very, very little. Like, we put comparison into, like, it's 0, 0.0 something. It's not even, like, one Embarrassing. Yeah. 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 No, that's not a cheap There's a lot of clothes to collect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we are also um, looking into technology, Um, you know, like, mechanical uh, recycling, uh, what can be done from the donated fabrics? You shred it to become towels, uh, rugs. You know the it can become on the you know the the shoes. You can grind it and become the running tracks and your or your playground mat. Yeah, so to have the, some cushion, um, you're looking more into R and D to basically to complete the whole cycle. So the zero waste, zero fabric waste to the landfill. So. The, we keep going to continue that for the next two to three years. Yes, hopefully. And for our social movement, Cloth Women Up. So basically, we launched Cloth Women Up in July 2020 until now. So we've produced about 21,000 products from, you know, a wow. speech by the Majlis Communities in Malaysia. So, and then we paid them more than 100,000 in totality. But in 2023, 
we hope to double up our production um, by we have to work harder and get the secured orders from the corporates and get the women from the informal sectors to sew good products and upcycle or from sustainable materials. The thing is yeah. that, truth is that what we're trying to say is what's, what's next for next is that we have to keep doing what we do more effectively because we are very small, like our social and also environmental impact as compared to the real pressing issue, oh my God, it's almost nothing, man. Like Sarah said, 0, 0.0 something percent that we address. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. Don't be so humble. <laughs> it's true. When you look at data, the reality, you're like, oh my like, God, if you put yourself so in reality, yeah, in comparison with the number, I mean, it's very, very little. You're uh, aware. We're aware because we read the data, we're like, Oh my god, we work so hard. We work many hours, 10, 12 hours a day. Oh my god, only 0.0%. <laughs> like Don't be anxious, Susie. Don't be anxious. Yeah, 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 yeah. anxious coming no, in. Yeah. When people uh, are like, you've done a lot. I'm like, oh my god, it's nothing as compared to the real data. <laughs> you know, first of all, thank you so much. We had a lovely conversation and this interaction. And I'll I'll tell you, we we spoke about eco anxiety. Okay, that's not going to go away. But certainly for our listeners and for us, uh, for everyone, there is hope, and there is hope because there are companies like Cloth Cares and people like you you who feel that whatever you're doing is very little, and you have to keep doing more and more. And that's our hope for the uh, for for the present. I, I won't say anything about the future because the impact we can bring in our present is what defines our future. So with that, I would like to wrap up and, you know, our listeners very well can see your, uh, where, where they can find you. Uh, they can find you on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn uh, on Cloth Circularity. And your web is www.cloth.com.my. That note, uh, Keisha, any closing comments from your side? Thank you so much, Susie, and also Sarah and Bibi also sharing your experience. Uh, it's honored to be, you know, in the presence of women co-founders in such a great organization. And please note that your efforts are appreciated. It's not zero. I mean, although it's 0.00 <laughs> something percent, but at least there's someone doing uh, something about it. And I'm sure with the growing co-anxiety, uh, I, I think many people will be more aware about you and probably it will rise up your 0, 0.0 to, you know, probably triple or five times more. So let's see. Yeah, yeah let's see.